the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Happy Thursday morning to you, George Brockler, filling in for the great Peter Boyles. Remember, next Friday, 5 to 10 a.m. at the View House in Centennial. You, of course, can listen here at 710 KNUS. Pete Swan song, at least for the morning show. I'll be filling in at least until then. Weather today, not bad. 67 degrees. The weekend really looks like it's going to be something special. That's good because we have our first uh, spring training like baseball tournament going on for the for the youngest one. That's a fantastic one. Big show coming up ahead. I want to tell you all about it, but as you know, we just cannot leave the dock until we get caught up on the Thorpe Report. All the K-N-E-W-Z that really wasn't fit to print, Billy. Yeah, here's all the weirdness. How are you doing today, sir? Living the dream. How are you doing? Uh, doing good. Thanks for asking. Happy Thursday. We're getting closer to the weekend. It's, it's good nice. to see you fly in the Broncos colors, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm ready for Russell Mania to run wild oh, all over the AFC West. Oh, you just want it to work out in I the do. most <laughs> competitive division in the NFL. There's oh, just no yeah. question but about no, that. no Tyreek Hill. He's going to the Dolphins. What? Yes. Tyreek Hill. Oh, my goodness. Tyreek Hill's being traded to the Dolphins. So uh, the, that's yeah, something. the Chiefs just got significantly worse. That is something yeah. huge. Now, here's the thing. Now, the story behind the scenes, before we get to the Thorpe report, the story yeah, yeah, behind yeah. the scenes is that uh, the Chiefs offered Tyreek Hill um, a lot of money, a giant salary. And he said, no. And they said, how about a little more money? He said, no. And so they said, that's all the money we can afford based on the fact that we got Patrick Mahomes oh, and a lot of other people. Kelsey, all that. Yeah. And so they gave the okay to Tyreek Hill's. Well, Tyreek Hill's agent was given the okay to go talk to possible trade. Not the team. The agent was sent out to see if he could arrange a team huh. that could meet Tyreek's demands for contract. And then they said, if you can find a team, then we'll work with them to see if we can work out a trade. And the agent came back and said, Dolphins want to pay him $120 million over four years. Oh, my what? <clears throat> yeah, $120 million over four years, 72.5 or so guaranteed. And, and went, he's in Miami. Okay. Yeah. So they went, okay. So they arranged a trade. And I don't, I don't remember the exact details, but it is five draft picks. I think it's – I know it's a number one. I Maybe a couple of number twos, then a two and a uh, three and a five. I think I know there's a multiple in one round, but not oh in the first round. Goodness. So there are five total, but the picks spread out over four different rounds over a couple of years. So, but and it's interesting because they're they're draft picks. And my oldest son, who's a huge NFL fan, yeah, yeah. Um, he casually refers to draft picks as wishes. They're great assets, but they don't always turn out to be what you think they are. So he said. So he he thought it was very interesting that basically the Kansas City Chiefs gave up Tyreek Hill for a bag of wishes. Yeah, it could turn out. Maybe they yeah. find another Tyreek Hill, or maybe they, they find yeah. something laced with fentanyl. Or, yeah, or they can find <laughs> you know, a, yeah. because exactly. you don't know what you're taking. They can find another Ryan Leaf. So they, yeah, yeah, oh they my sweet so well. goodness, yeah. do you remember that? Oh yes, yeah. Holy yeah. smokes. So, so there's there's some problems there. So you never know who you're going to get. That's great so. news, by the way. Great oh, way yeah. to start the day. The it idea is. that Tyreek Hill's gone. All you could tell me now is Travis Kelsey's retiring. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or he, you know, he he did the thing where he's he's trying to he's going to spend more time with his family. I'd love it. Yeah, that would be great. He's such a problem. Okay, let's get to the Thorpe Report. The Aurora Police Chief Vanessa Wilson is planning to resign in the coming weeks. The terms of the departure are still under negotiation. That's according to multiple sources with knowledge of the situation. We'll be trying to follow up on that later this morning. 
The nation's largest outdoor recreation trade show is leaving Colorado and moving back to Utah after five years. Despite boycott threats from major recreation companies and an environmental conservation group over this move back to Utah, uh, the show came here in 2018, but it'll move back to Salt Lake City after this year's June event. That's a big one. That was unexpected. I went to that thing a couple times, and I thought it was super cool when they came over from Salt Lake. And didn't they come over because they were protesting the fact that, like, Utah was, I don't know if it was anti-gay or just pro-conservative or something. Yeah, I don't remember something. what it was. It was something with the, or it might have been outdoor recreation rules or something they are trying to change. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mad. Maybe it yeah. was something to do with, uh, I'm going to blame Donald Trump, but maybe it had yeah. something to do with them wanting to give away, was yeah, it Bears or Ears or know. one of the, I kid, there's yeah. something to do with there a parcel so of land and a tent. But I guess the people in Utah are still mad, but they're going back there. So, eh, see how it works out. I'm really disappointed because that was kind of a nice big signature event that brought a good number of tourists into and around our downtown area. It and sucks. it's not that there's anything wrong with Utah. It's just no. they suck. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. They're just, just not us. Yeah, they're not. And, and we want it to be it's us. not Colorado. Yeah. yeah, they're not nearly as cool. They're like our less cool younger brother. Right. I mean, and yeah. by the way, they've got the whole skiing thing figured out. This is a real transportation yeah, win for them. You land in Salt Lake and um, you hop on a highway that's like a 37 lane super highway, takes you right to the ski mountain, and you're there within, you know, less than an hour. Whereas here, yeah. I-70 is, oh, my goodness. Yeah, we stand around here with our finger up our nose going, I have no idea how to get more cars up the hill. <laughs> no. how, how do they possibly do it elsewhere? Can't we bring the Germans out to drill exactly. another hole or something? Like something, guys. Yeah, it's please. not, oh, I mean, you could give you could give like a couple of seventh graders a box of Legos and say, figure out a way to get a bunch of cars up a mountain, and they do a great job doing it. But yeah, You know, that's a high school here. project. We should refer yeah. that to the STEM kids. It'd be cool. I bet they'd have some brilliant ideas. And all the adults stand around and go, wow. Look at that. Yeah, right. <laughs> that happens a lot. Uh, elsewhere, Colorado Democrats are sending their rep- reproductive rights and abortion access bill to the desk of Governor Jared Polis after it passed its third reading in the Senate. It was a party-line vote of 20 to 15. Shocking. Yep. House Bill 22-1279 uh, passed after another two-and-a-half-hour hearing. Basically, it's going to codify full access to reproductive health care in Colorado. It applies to anybody who may become pregnant and calls people's access to contraception a fundamental right. But By the way, the, when you say full yeah. access, what that means is without limitation. The yep. only limitation on when you can abort a child is your own imagination. I think you can even go into the fourth trimester. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking there. Sometimes I'm wanting to abort my kids at the 52nd trimester. Yeah. I mean, it, wasn't, that the, wasn't that the death penalty, by yeah, the way, that we got so. rid of, except yeah. those guys were guilty. Exactly. It's like, you don't clean the room. Hey, abortion. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, a new bipartisan state house bill that's going to be unveiled this week includes stiffer criminal penalties for those who distribute fentanyl. Oh, surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although not for those who just possess it because nope. no, we don't want to do that, do we? <sighs> okay, fine. We're also spending millions of dollars on life-saving Narcan and Noxalane test strips and jail-based drug treatment programs and yada, yada, yada. Uh, why is it taking so long? A group of lawmakers elsewhere is proposing a bill that would require homeowners associations to take several steps before, you know, moving forward with foreclosing on the houses what? inside the homeowners association. Is that a yes. thing? Oh, yes, it is. Uh, lots of unpaid HOA fees and fines have built up in a couple of residencies across the state, and they have a large number of foreclosures. So, yes, the HOA is trying to take your house. Just another reason for an unpaid why they HOA stop. fee? Yes.
Yeah, that sounds like yeah, America. It's awful. Yeah. Elsewhere here in town, oh, here's our new hero. A 71-year-old Denver man is now facing a felony charge after city officials said he made a pickleball court without permission. Oh, what? No. The shock, no. the tragedy. I don't the believe horror. this. This is the this yes. is the B, right? Yes. This is the Babylon <laughs> No, it's, it's a true story. The uh, prosecution is on the table, but some believe punishment really doesn't fit the crime right now. The elderly criminal, the 71-year-old, and others used a basketball court at Denver's Central Park Recreation Center for pickleball. Oh, how could they do such a thing? Somebody scratched him a ticket over that? I don't know. It's the thing is, yes, exactly. Now, last Monday, the markings on the court had faded, so the 71-year-old remarked them with a Sharpie. That's Three son days of a... later, an arrest warrant for felony criminal mischief. No. Felony criminal mischief for a Sharpie. If only he had shot a guy armed with bear spray, exactly. he'd be a free man He'd be now. fine, yes, yeah. or just, you know, had a lot of fentanyl. He'd be yeah. fine. We'd be okay with that. That's it. right. If <laughs> yeah. he distributing fentanyl. Yeah, if he was doing good. that, if he was just handing out in the park to kids, he'd be like, that's ah, okay. But that's Sharpie. Ooh, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, internationally, Vladimir Putin's defense minister has vanished with, quote, heart problems. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that means it's stopped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he strangely fell out an open fourth-story window. Twice. All, yes. Now, the guy's not been seen for 12 days. They're showing old footage and pictures of him on TV, making people very, very suspicious. When the 66-year-old was mentioned on the Kremlin website, it was back on March 18th, and he said that Putin and he had discussed the progress of the special operation in Ukraine, but That's he hasn't been heard from since. Liberal use of the word progress, <laughs> yes, no puns intended. Exactly. Uh, one of the senior Manhattan prosecutors who investigated Donald Trump believed the former president was guilty of numerous felony violations, and it was a grave failure of justice not to hold him accountable. That's according to a copy of his resignation letter. The prosecutor, Mike Pomerantz, submitted the letter last month after the Manhattan district attorney stopped pursuing an indictment of Trump. I wonder why that is. <clears throat> I don't know. It seems weird, but... We should get that dude on the radio. Let's see if we can reach out to him. Yeah, yeah. See if he wants to. Uh, Also, Representative Mo Brooks of Alabama yesterday said Donald Trump had asked him to rescind the 2020 presidential election and to remove President Joe Biden from his office immediately and put Trump back into the White House and hold a new special presidential election, even though there is no constitutional mechanism for that to happen. The congressman has also told NBC News that Trump proposed a series of events to restore him to the presidency when? September 1st. More than seven months after Biden's inauguration. It appears, by the way, too, that this rescinding of the uh, endorsement may have more to do with the fact that Mo Brooks is like a distant third place in current polling in Alabama. Yeah, he doesn't want to support a loser. So that's part of it. Uh, yesterday, or today is going to be the last day of hearings for Katanji Brown-Jackson. Uh, it's going to be interesting today. The American Bar Association and other civil rights organizations are going to testify about her suitability for the court. And witnesses I'm chosen by the Republican senators are also... Bated breath, wondering what they could possibly yeah, say. I know. I, I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen here. Uh, sad news. Madeleine Albright, the first female U.S. Secretary of State, uh, passed away. She was 84 years old. Uh, here's an interesting question we'll talk about here in a little bit. A state representative in Pennsylvania said it's time to consider a 32-hour work week for all state employees and maybe even for the rest of us. Hmm. Uh, in the early 20th century, American workers had a six-day work week, usually 10 hours a day. Henry Ford changed that to a five-day, 40-hour work week in his assembly lines. Now many are saying it's time that we embrace the Jetsons model. Americans should work a four-hour, 32-hour work week. Representative Chris Robb, he's of course a Democrat, is introducing a resolution to just study the impact of moving state employees to a four-day, 
32-hour work week and to encourage the private sector to look at doing the same. I presume that comes with a commensurate drop in pay as well. well I mean, see. if you're it's, doing 20% yeah. less hours. Well, Let's talk about We'll talk about it here in a second because it's, yeah. it's an interesting um, it's an interesting dichotomy of, of what the purpose of your job is. But let's talk about it in a sec. Uh, in the first of its kind of study, scientists were able to communicate with a late-stage ALS patient using a brain implant and neural signals. So among the few requests that he communicated was his desire to listen to Tool. Yes, he wanted to listen to the band, and he also said, make sure it's loud. I like that. A former Cameron County employee who was sentenced to 50 years in prison back in 2018 is now eligible for parole. What did he do to put him in jail for so long? Well, he stole millions of dollars worth of fajitas. What? Uh, Gilbert Escamilla pled guilty to stealing the fajitas over the course of nine years while he was employed at the Daryl Hester Juvenile Detention Center in San Bernardino. So, yes, the fajita thief is stealing from from juvenile criminals. Yeah. But Think about that. Fajitas. There's no honor among thieves. How many pounds is millions of dollars of fajitas? Know. Yes. How many fajitas is millions of dollars of fajitas? I can't, I can't fathom. The how number many, of yeah. carbohydrates, too. How, My guess is this is, guy isn't thin. Yeah, not at all. Ugh. What was he doing and, with them? In our final story today, a North Carolina woman is fighting to keep her vanity license plate after the DMV said, we're not sure this is appropriate. What is her vanity license plate? Fart. F-A-R-T. What? The 37-year-old of Asheville, North Carolina, said she requested the license plate last October and received it surprisingly in the mail in, no- in November. So I was a little surprised when fart plates showed up. She was re-registering my trunk o- truck online. She said there was an option to customize the plate, so she said on a whim she embraced her inner 12-year-old and typed in F-A-R-T. She was very excited to find out that fart was actually available. Uh, the DMV later has informed her somebody complained about the vanity license plate because we can't do anything what? funny and asked her why she chose the word. She said the DMV notified her that she had 30 days to respond. So how do you keep your fart license plate if you got 30 days? Well, she went on to Reddit in Asheville, her hometown, and asked for help. The group decided, hey, make it an acronym. So it's F-A-R-T. So it stands now for Friends of Asheville Recreational Trails. She's even built a website and has organized a hike. No. So now she thinks that she no. can keep the the, the uh, license plate of fart. Listen, I, for one, hope it works. Yeah, I hope it does, too. Uh, yeah. uh, I can't imagine, though, that it's the intent that matters You know, to yeah. government. If you remember now, there are words you just can't say because yep. they offend people. <laughs> yeah. Because and whatever they rules. interpret it to be, yeah. that's the worst. In Germany... Uh, speaking of the inner 12-year-old, when you're going on or off the highway, A1 yeah. or whatever, it's either Eingang or Ausfahrt to, yeah, to Ausfahrt. get it. Go- yeah, yes. and so every because, time yeah. you're going off the highway, you're like, Ausfahrt. Yeah, <laughs> it is because it's the uh, uh, Farin is the uh, is the move, is the word in German for move. So Farin, yeah, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah that's I the love, that. I love yeah. that because it's just a giggle fest. When I took yeah. my boys there a couple oh, times, it was like, Dad, I'm like, I know, I know, son, I know it's, it's pretty cool, Ausfahrt. isn't it? <laughs> right, let's Let's go grab some wiener yeah, schnitzel. Exactly. Said wiener. <laughs> yeah, yeah, say that. Yes. <laughs> um, hey, a couple things. The, the coming up, touching right upon some of the stories you got to. We are going to have in the seven o'clock hour. I am nearly positive, and by nearly, I mean two out of ten. No, I'm kidding. I am about ninety nine percent sure we are going to be joined by uh, one of the super prosecutors out there in the state of Colorado, if not this region of the country. His name is Michael Allen. He represents the fourth judicial district. It's a big one. It's a huge one. It's not the biggest in the state of Colorado because that's, of course, the mighty 18th, but it will be in 2025 when the 18th splits up into the 18th and 23rd. 
Uh, Michael will be the DA of the largest jurisdiction in the state of Colorado. Uh, Michael and John Kellner, the DA for the 18th, have penned a column I commend to you this morning out there in the Denver Gazette, the Colorado Springs Gazette, almost any paper with the word Gazette in it. And they immediately start to address a bill that hasn't officially dropped yet, but it was pushed out to the media. And there were interviews on TV, and you could see some media stuff with the governor, with the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Alec Garnett, who is the son of former Boulder District Attorney Stan Garnett. Yeah, this is the PR push. This is the big PR push. And it's this bill. I've got it in front of me right here. It's about 46 pages, uh, at least this draft of it. And uh, we're going to go through it with Michael Allen because it turns out that the things that it does – not what's needed for the crisis and the moment that we're in right now. And, and I had mentioned this a while ago before we saw it. There was going to be a lot of wringing of hands and gnashing of teeth between those parts of the uh, the party that are in charge of government here in Colorado. It's called Democrats. Uh, about how to look tough on crime without actually being tough on criminals. And they figured out a way to do it here while at the same time, slowly turning Colorado into a not safe injection site, but whatever the equivalent of that is for fentanyl injection, that's it, baby. That's what we're going to get. So in the 7 o'clock hour, we'll get Michael Allen. In the 8 o'clock hour, I know I told you this yesterday, and uh, I'm going to take one for the team here. Uh, Miscommunication as to the days. We're going to get Ted Trimpa on here. Uh, And Ted's not just a Democrat strategist. He's a guy that doesn't come on to just spin. He isn't just a talking points guy. And I think what I appreciate about Ted is his candor and calls it like he sees it. And so we're going to talk to him about a whole bunch of things. I haven't told him this. I don't think Billy has either. I'd love to talk with him about the Leah Thomas thing that has grown out of the University of Pennsylvania that we talked about yesterday. I really want to get his sense of where we're headed into November. And also, I know this guy doesn't go to assemblies. He he told me that he went once. And based on his experience, vowed to never go again, and he's lived up to his word. But what he does have is an appreciation for what's going on behind the scenes and on that side of the political aisle. I'd really like to get a sense of if the Democrats can hear a train coming or they think this is all just a bunch of smoke with no fire behind it. Uh, but the the last story that Billy kind of finished up with, n- not the one with the brain control guy that wants to listen to Tool. Was it Tool? Yeah, tool. Of course, yeah, tool. Of course, That's who doesn't? Awesome. Who doesn't? Love if that. you had those superpowers, yeah, you do. James Maynard Keenan. It's good. But um, there is a guy out of Pennsylvania. He is a Democrat from Philadelphia. His name is Chris Rab R A B B, and uh, he has proposed that they cut back for st- actually what they're going to do is they're going to study it. But the goal is to get themselves in a position where they can justify cutting back the work week for the overworked, underpaid government employees from 40 hours a week to 32 hours a week, touting a whole bunch of benefits from different studies. And I think Billy even found some sound. Yeah, here is Mr. Rob talking on Pennsylvania television about why this is a great idea. There have been studies that have shown that it increases productivity, but it also increases our wellness how happy we are, our ability to enjoy life instead of, like no one's on their deathbed and said, I wish I went to the office more. That's never happened. The pandemic has forced a new way of life, a new way of work. Listen, that uh, like, like any bill that seeks to push us, in my opinion, further to the left, they always look for support to Europe. And so sure enough, there are countries in Europe, I know this has come as a complete shock to you, uh, Iceland, has moved to a four-day, 35-hour work week. Belgium 
Like these entire countries, Belgium is moving to a four day week. Other companies and countries are experimenting with this. Now, let me be clear about this. If a private company wanted to move to a one day work week, I don't care. That's their business. Literally and figuratively, it is their business to decide how to spend their money and do what they do. But when you talk about the government and how much we pay in taxes for the services that we get, I got to say, if things were humming along at the governmental level at a pace and an efficiency where we're like, I am so happy with how all this stuff works, um, maybe we have a conversation about that. But moving from five to four days my guess is that's going to include not any reduction at all in what we pay an employee. Because what we're going to say is, hey, we suppose that they'll be more productive. If they're told they only have four days, by God, they will double down and they'll get it all worked out there. Like, I don't know if they spend less time by the water cooler. I don't know if it means less potty breaks. They don't take their smoke breaks. But somehow the studies have shown that people are – and this is the other part that gets me. Representative Rob from Philadelphia also says – um, it, it makes them happier. And while I'm not opposed to considering employee happiness and contentment with the job as a measure of productivity, if that's number one, we got a problem. The goal of government work is to not make employees happy. The goal of any job is to not make an employee happy. It serves another purpose. Happiness can ride right alongside of it in the shotgun seat. But if it's the primary reason, we've got a huge, huge issue. So here's what I want to know. First off, this is foreign to me. I had thought in my mind back when I was district attorney about the idea of could we figure out a way to get the courts to buy into every other Friday having a no courtroom day. That wouldn't be a day people just go and take off. They'd be in the office. But there are so many cases to be handled. An out-of-court day is a huge efficiency builder. Uh, Keep in mind, by the way, judges don't have a fixed amount of leave. They can take leave whenever they want in whatever volume they want. That That's not a joke. Um, they set their own schedules. And so as you might tell, as you might guess, in Thanksgiving and around Christmas and New Year's and stuff, things really drop off. I had thought we would build in some efficiency where maybe we just don't have the courthouse open. Doesn't mean the judges don't come in. Just not open for business one day a week. Um, and that got significant pushback from the bureaucrats. And so where you are right now in your jobs, and maybe you work from home, you're a remote worker, you're a solo practitioner, you own your own business, it's your own thing, I get it. Do you work in a place that has a four-day work week or something unusual, less than 40 hours a week? And is it effective? Have you ever worked for an employer like that, private or public sector? But I think maybe the bigger question is, is this the right move for government? Do we want to see government come into the office one day a week less if they could be just as efficient? And do you believe it? I'm super skeptical. About- I got a que- and I think there's a question to place on the, yeah. on the table as well as far yeah, as what? how you evaluate the job, uh, the what the person is doing, because I think this is at the core a question of whether or not, and this is all individual jobs. This is you know, I don't think you can make a blanket statement, which um, I think is a danger when the government comes in and tries to make a blanket statement. It worries me what Pennsylvania is doing, but I can see the genius inside of it because I believe in this country we refuse to have a question about whether or not your job is task-based or hourly-based. Does your job require you to accomplish a certain set of tasks in order to be done over the work week, 
or does your job require you to be present in a location to do something over the course of a 40-hour work week? Those two things are vastly different, but we yeah. treat them the same. And I oh, we think do. You're that, right. And I think we need to be more intelligent in how we look at our workforce because there are a large number of people that have task-oriented jobs that should, in my opinion, not be held to a 40-hour work week because the argument that I would make is if my job is more task-oriented – and my job is taking longer than I need to, but I reach the end of my 40-hour work week, does that mean I stop? Is that, is that the expectation of my boss? If it is not, then my job is task-based, and it is about accomplishing my tasks. But if I accomplish those tasks in 30 hours, don't moan I'm not there for the extra 10 hours. But if I am a teacher, a police officer, a restaurant worker that has to be present at that job well, for 40 that, hours, yeah. that has to happen. But if I don't, if I'm a computer programmer, if I'm someone that's a data entry specialist, if I can accomplish my tasks over the course of less than 40 hours, I don't believe that my employer but, but needs that to seemed, demand that, that I sit there. That seems very private sector right? Like public I sector. I think public sector, there's a whole hell of a lot of data entry and people that are task-oriented inside of our government as well. There's a lot of people that but, have but to wouldn't be the answer hourly. Be, I guess they can do more tasks. But, right? if they're gonna, but yeah, and then if they're going to do more tasks, then they need to be given more wages. Because you're increasing the amount of work they're doing. And that's only fair. You, you wouldn't, it's not fair for your employer to say, you know, and they do it all the time, though. I mean, it's, not, it's, it's okay, but we can't say. The employer, I talk about it being the Darth Vader rule. Because in Return of the Jedi, no, in, in Empire Strikes Back, um, Lando Calrissian sees Darth Vader show up at the Cloud City. And he turns to him and says, you told me I was going to get to have Han Solo and Carbonite. And you're going to leave him here. And you're going to leave the prisoners here. And he says, I have altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it further. Your employer does that all the time and comes in and says, I've altered this deal. Pray I don't alter it further. And that happens. It's not necessarily fair to you that now you have more stuff to do for the same amount of money. So if you say, hey, we are paying this person to accomplish these tasks in 40 hours a week. Well, they what, can if do it's, in 30, what if it's work? They give them more. You've got to give more money. We're paying you to accomplish as many tasks as possible in 40 hours. Then again, the pay should be commensurate to that. Then you should pay based on tasks accomplished, probably. I th see, this is a great conversation for the yeah. private sector, which I'm sure can build this in. We've had some techs here on the boils wall. And uh, like Alexa, the unofficial official historian for the show, too, has said uh, companies going to 980. So which is every other Friday you would have that off. But it's not less time. You're working the same amount of time over the course of two weeks. You're just getting that half day or that uh, one day every other two. I like that. I think that's great. I like the idea, by the way, and there's some law enforcement folks that have texted in and said, hey, police work four tens, fire work four twos. No, I'm kidding. If you're a firefighter, I love you. I, I know that it's a different uh, kind of commitment because you have to spend the night together in those cots or whatever it is they have for you. Um, but there are other parts of government that do that. I'm starting to wonder, though, if we move to that – how can we be super flexible with employees? Is there a reason anymore to have government shut down over the weekend? I mean, couldn't we just stagger employees to say that, hey, Saturday and Sunday is just like any other day of the week, and heck, your weekend might be Monday or Tuesday and move towards that. Here's a whole bunch of people. Look, do me a favor. If you're texting in and you want to have a conversation, because that's my favorite thing, you can obviously go to the app at 710KNUS or the website 710KNUS.com and reach out to us here. Uh, happy to do that, and I'll read many of these things on the air. I'd much rather have the conversation. 303-696-1971. As you know, I'm going to treat you with respect. I will only talk smack about you when you're off the air and you can't defend yourself. That's just how it goes. I'm kidding. I don't do that either. 
Uh, but just give us a call. I'd love to have this conversation. Are you in a situation, especially in the private sector, where this thing works? And can it work on the government side of things? Here's some other things. Here's someone says 32 hours and no paid benefits. I'd be okay with that. That's great. There's the law enforcement one. Here's one that says just try and get a, a to get a building permit in Denver. Also a great point. Look, if government were responsive right now, if we thought government were doing everything it should be with our tax dollars, uh, maybe you look towards how do we increase their efficiency in that way. But the idea of going to voters and saying, hey, guess what, folks, we're thinking of paying workers the same amount of money to have a three-day weekend. Think about if you're in the private sector, by the way, and your private employer doesn't sign off on that. You're going to be like, hell no. Are you kidding me? We're going to pay government workers and give them all the super sweet benefits of para and everything else, I'm saying for the state of Colorado, to come in for four days. Here's one. Yo, George, four tens, Sunday to Wednesday, nice with two business days. Uh, I think that's supposed to be off during the week and three days off. I think that's right. Um, I I like the idea of doing that, especially in the private sector. I want them to experiment all they want. The government piece is harder for me. Here's what I think we ought to move to if we're going to start talking about blowing the lid off of the traditional. And that is we got to go towards um, having government open seven days a week. And I'm not saying there are going to be some employees who are going to come in on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then they get Tuesday through Friday off or something like that. I know that may seem like a bummer for some folks. That's going to be really appealing to others. I don't know why we can't move to a model like that if what we're talking about is efficiency and all this. How about a 10-hour, four-day week? I like that. That also makes more sense to me. I'm all for that. If, by the way, if it works. Now, listen, I've worked in government settings before. I know the DA's office. And while the prosecutors there end up getting crushed, right? Like there are days, don't get me wrong. There are days where you're waiting on a verdict and maybe you're doing some side work, but you're really distracted by the, by the trial. There are other days where these young prosecutors and prosecutors with families, they're working 60, 70 hours a week because the volume of cases is just oppressive and preparing for motions. It's just oppressive, but they do it. And to Billy's point, they get paid for the job. Whether they handle one case or a billion, they're getting paid the same amount. Their their effort on this is really a commitment to excellence and community service because they could make a lot more money on the outside working that hard for, you know, $200, $400 an hour. Uh, it says, Ted Trimpa is coming on the show today, question mark. Yes. Stay tuned, 8 o'clock for sure. How about two six-months paid vacations a year <laughs> or work from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m.? with one hour for lunch. Now, that's government thinking right there. I should tell you, by the way, that this is not new or novel to Representative Rapp from Philadelphia. This is something that exists in Congress right now. H.R., House Resolution 4728, the 32-Hour Work Week Act. It would amend the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 to reduce the standard work week from 40 hours per week to 32 hours per week. Can you guess at who some of the maybe 20 sponsors are? You may have never heard these names before, but I'm going to read them out loud. Representative Rashida. Representative Omar. Ilian Omar. Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Not a oh, Representative Cory Bush, Representative Presley, 
Good Lord. Nadler. My goodness. And and by the way, not a single Republican apparently has signed on to the four-day work week for the Fair Labor Standards Act. Very interesting. We've got callers on the line. One line open, 303-696-1971. We're going to cut away for a break. No, I'm not going to bust the record like we did yesterday going all the way to, God, what was it, 35, Billy? We're going to get out relatively early today. But when we come back, your calls on this topic, you, me, George Brockler, Peter Boyle, show 710, KNUS. George Brockler back with you here on the Peter Boyle Show. I'll be with you until 9, and actually then I'll be with you again until 10. But for me, followed by Charlie Kirk and then live and local with Stefan, 3 to 7. Uh, listen to Stefan yesterday, great conversation that he's been having. Uh, he was foolish enough to have me on, but it was uh, it was a good conversation at the end of the 6. And then I'll be back with you again tomorrow and up to next week, I think. And then on the 1st of April, of course, View House, 5 to 10 a.m. Stay tuned. Look online for ticket availability. See if you can't fill that uh, that View House with a bunch of good listeners. We have lines are full, but I will tell you as they drop off so that you can call in 303-696-1971. Camden, 32-hour work week for government employees. Yay or nay? And what are your thoughts? Uh, for context, I work a four on, four off, twelve hour shift, month of days, month what, of nights. What kind of days. job is it? What kind of job is it? Uh, I work for uh, Ball, so I maintain um, industrial industrial equipment that makes cans. So four twelves? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, four twelves. So four twelves, you get three days off, and you get more than that every other week because it's the twelves because you're doing forty eight a week. Um. What do you mean? So like you're doing four 12s a week, right? Like four right. times 12, that's my high school math, is 48. That's more than yeah, 40 hours right. of work week. Are you getting extra time off or is it just, nope, four 12s, three days off? No, that's it. And then, you know, vacation time. I get vacation time, of course. How do you like it? Um, I actually hate it, but. Why do you hate it? <laughs> Tell, yeah, it's important. Tell um, us why you hate it. Well, I mean, once you get to the end of the month of days, you're you're kind of used to that schedule. And then for me personally, it really messes with my head when I go to nights because I, you know, at that point you're alone for a month almost. It feels so, like when oh, you're working, you know. I miss that part, Camden. So you alternate the twelve hours that you get. Yeah, so I'll do a month of days and a month of nights. And Why do they rotates. do that to you? Uh, I have no idea. So we have four crews that operate this equipment twenty four hours a day. So when my twelve is up, somebody else comes in and does twelve, and then. Well, what genius said it ought to be every month? Like if it has to rotate, like if you can't find someone and maybe you pay them a little bit more to say, listen, do you want to do the four hours of darkness versus the four hour or the 12 hours of of daylight? Um, Why couldn't they alternate it every six months or a year? You know what I mean? So that your body could at least get used to it. I don't know. I mean, we get a 50 cent operating bonus for every hour so. Unbelievable. What do you think about this idea of going to the four eights for government to 32 hours? I mean, as a as an employee, I wouldn't mind it, of course, because it gives me more time at home. But my contradiction on this is, yeah, how are we talking about a fifteen dollar minimum wage issue? And at the same time, we're talking about cutting hours. I mean, how do we how do we give 15 hour minimum wage without inflating the economy? And at the same time give people eight hours less work every week and not 
tank the economy or put these people in a position where they can't afford to live. You know, know genius, Camden, and it's not something that's been addressed in these articles that we found on this. I think, and this may be the goal, this is one way to drive up the hourly wage to say, listen, if you're making, I I made this up, 400 bucks a week, uh, you're still going to get 400 bucks a week. We're just going to have to adjust up, ratchet up your hourly wage. Maybe this is the way to jack up the minimum wage without really having to talk about jacking up the minimum wage. That's such an insightful right. comment, Camden. That's really important. Well, and I I just wanted to make one more point, too, yeah, sure. which is um, I just lost my train of thought. You know why? Because it's the 12s, the 412s. Are you, are you on your 412s right now, or are you on your three days I, up? Yeah, no, I just finished the 48-hour week, so I got four hours off. Oh, so that's that's it right there, now. man. You got 48-hour work brain. Right, right. Listen, if you think uh, of it, no, oh yeah. yeah, go ahead. So the the point I wanted to make, so I I do find myself more productive on my last day or night, um, and I think that's only because I know that I have a day off after that. So I might maybe push my breaks out instead of taking them because I, you know, I know that I'm whatever happens right now, I don't have to worry about it tomorrow because I won't be here, you know. It's is it a clock watching thing though too or like are you or, or this if you get your task done can you bail early or are you like a, an old school Flintstone punch in punch out on the clock thing? No, punch in punch out. So I I maintain twelve machines all day and I I my my title is maintainer but I'm more of an industrial mechanic. What what do these machines do, Cameron? Uh they make cans. So that all the cans that you might drink out of, like, so I make the 16-ounce Alumatec bottles, which are the Twist Top, Coors Light, Miller Light, whatever you Oh, listen, you are indispensable to the economy and to society, so I get it. Yes, I understand sir. why they have so to was, run those 24 hours a day. Worker. Yeah, I was a central worker when all this COVID <laughs> stuff came out, so COVID really never affected me. <laughs> <laughs> and where you're working, did you? Ha- are you around people throughout the 12 hours such that you guys had to mask up, or are you, it's just you and the machines? Yeah, yeah, we had to mask up, and I mean, it's like 120 decibels, so I wear earplugs all day, so with that being said, I, I try not to communicate with anybody, because that's the way I like to work anyhow, so. Oh, buddy, great call, Camden. <laughs> Thanks for the insight, man. Good luck on your three days off. Camden's line is open, 303-696-1971. Uh, we've got uh, another couple callers on the line right now. I'll go to one right now. Brenda, you're on 710 KNUS. Good morning, George. How great are you? Great job. Hey, thank you. You're doing a great job. Um, I'm doing okay. I work for the state and I've worked for the state for like 27 years and I have not been back in my office since March of 2020 Okay. when they sent us home with COVID. Yep, yep. And I actually, and I'm on salary, I actually work more hours at home than I do in the office because I don't get continuous interruptions. I don't have to listen to everybody laughing in the hallways and I can do my job remotely perfectly. And you know, Zoom meetings, um, chat calls, it, it all works out great. And so we don't use paper, so and I don't need a printer. And so it all works out wonderfully. And I, I like it personally. I mean I don't I don't I save on gas, thank God. Yeah. Um personal hygiene. Personal hygiene can take a knee. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to I don't, <laughs> Well, you know that there is something to be able to just roll off the bed and just go to your computer. There, you know, listen. There's, there's no doubt. I've gone thirteen year old boy in my wardrobe in terms of I've rocked the same pair of boxers a couple days in a row. There's just no doubt about that during the COVID. I don't want <laughs> okay, you to have. BMI. 
I don't, I don't want you to have to dime yourself out here so that your employer can be identified. But what's the name and number of your immediate supervisor? No, I'm kidding. Uh, what kind of work do you do for the government? Is it data entry stuff? Um, Are you processing requests? Well, I'm actually an attorney, but I'm a, I'm not, a, you know, quote, I'm not working as a courtroom attorney or anything like that. So I review contracts. I'm like the last stop. I'm the bottleneck. I'm the person that everybody hates. Because I have to review, I am. I have to review the contracts before they go out the door. Before I will let the controller sign it, I always tell them, if I won't sign it, I wouldn't give it to you to sign. Now, if we and were, so, if we were at the post-COVID uh, era, or pre-COVID era for that matter, because uh, we're in post-COVID right now, you would be in an office setting. And is the expectation that as an attorney reviewing those contracts and all that stuff that you would be in there for uh, eight? I mean, five eights. I mean, is that how it works? You know. The expectation. Well, my boss always just tells me, yeah. "Give me forty. I know you're going to give me more than that." And I'll tell you, where I work at least twelve, fourteen hour days, and sometimes on the weekends because the volume is so high. Brenda, that's incredible. I, can would you mind hanging on because I want to ask you about some efficiency yeah. things with government, if you don't mind. First off, where'd you go to law um, school? Um, Marquette in Mil- in Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Oh, well, we're going to have to have a conversation about that. Uh, first off, it's Brenda. Too cold. Thank you for calling. Hang on if you would. We're going to cut away for a quick break. Come back. There is a line open at 303-696-1971. Fill it up now. And after we're done with Brenda, or she's done with us for that matter, you'll hop in her place right there. Until that time, you're listening to George Brockler filling in for The Godfather, Pete Boyles, right here on 710 KNUS. Every day, frankly, but in the morning, especially with the sun coming up here in the east, looks particularly nice. It's good to have Stevie in your ear. George Brockler filling in for the great Peter Boyles here on 710 KNUS. It is tough to not get, for me, just a little bit choked up about thinking about uh, the upcoming April 1st. And I know there are some conspiracy theorists out there who are going to say that uh, Pete's going to show up on April 1st and pull a Tom Brady and announce that he is not actually retiring or unretiring. I suppose anything's possible, and obviously that would be great news. Uh, I just don't think so. I mean, I I talked to him, Billy. Any chance of that at all? That you? That, I don't think so. No, there's no way. There's no. It's there. There are times, and he and I have talked several times since the announcement's been made, and there is no regret. And and I've always told him for years. I've told him you will know when it's time to walk away. Yeah, and. He feels it. It's okay. I mean, there's a little bit of anxiety because, you know, again, what's the future hold going forward? But he is at peace with it and yeah. happy with it and okay with it. And so, no, he's not coming back. He, he sad, wanted to no. go Elway Manning in instead yeah. of Namath. Yeah. Well, you, you know. know what he wanted to do? He wanted to ghost us. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, truth be told, he didn't even want this last final show. He just wanted to walk off into the sunset and just be done. Well, and But we were like, no, 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 you can't do that. Not not for him, but for the audience. Of course. And finally, he's, of course. he's turned around and, he's, and he understands the importance of it. But, oh, that was like pulling teeth. Yeah, and if you listen yeah. to him earlier this week, I think on Monday when we talked to him about it, you can hear it in his voice. Oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't sound like he's wishy-washy on no. it, you know, no he's, equivocation. No, he's perfectly happy, and and I think it's finally opened his eyes as to what else he's going to be able to do. He's going to be able to go and ski during the middle of the week for three days. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's going to be great for Pete. What about us? What about us? Maybe we need to go to – can we tell Kelly and Brian we want to go to four-day work weeks, four-day radio week? I could do this show oh, yeah. on my phone on a ski lift. 
I've said that before. It's never been greeted with applause or agreement. It's just, it's constantly. I've, I've been asking for months to move this part of the job home, but they keep telling me no. <laughs> it's just refuse. Like, Please. Just, and it's not so they yeah. can see us. It's just you and I, man. You, exactly. me, and Tom it. checking out. Yeah. Listen, we're talking about this uh, effort here in a conversation that a, a Philadelphia Democrat guy named Rab had where he was, he's pushing for a 32-hour work week for government workers. And so they're going to start with a study. That's his bills. He wants to study it. There is a House resolution on the congressional side of things at the U.S. congressional level. As you can imagine, all Democrats, not every Democrat, but all Democrats um, coming out sponsoring it, including uh, Tlaib, Omar, Ocasio-Cortez, Presley, all the super conservatives out there. Interestingly, not a single member of the Pennsylvania delegation, (laughs) Democrat or Republican, has come out for it. But it has really lit up Pete's wall here, the Boyle's wall in terms of conversation. Uh, Here are some things. And we've got Brenda on the line. She's going to make us smarter about some government work, too. She's an attorney, which means we all talk a little bit more slowly. I am, too, and that's helpful. It says, I think you're right about increasing the minimum wage. It's also possible that this 32-hour work week would also increase the size of government since the government, hang on one sec here, would more than likely see that they need more. That was a sneeze (laughs) right there. Um, That would likely see that they need more employees to get the work done. I think that's true. But I also think this regarding that. I do think that's true. Why can't we move to government access every day of the week. If we're going to take the lid off this thing, we're going to blow open the traditional box. Can you imagine? And something Billy said during the break, which I thought was genius for us Coloradans, and that is right now, if you try to drive up skiing on a Friday, if you don't leave at like 4 or 5 a.m., you are in bumper-to-bumper traffic. And then when you come back on Sunday, because you're rushing to get home before the Monday school week, work week, all that other stuff, It takes you hours to get home to do an hour, hour and a half drive, whether it's Winter Park or Love, whatever. What if the weekend wasn't measured anymore by Saturday or Sunday? It was just measured by whatever days of the week you had off. And so, therefore, your weekend might be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You head up to the mountains. There's far less people up there. If you want to go out for dinner, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights are crazy time. What if your Thursday, Friday, Saturday were Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you had the ability to go out and enjoy. I think this is genius. I don't know about the 32-hour work week park. Brenda, who is a contracts attorney for the man, uh, the state of Colorado. For the man. Yeah, yep. for, for the man. How long have you been doing that? 27 years so far, and I can't wait until I retire. <laughs> Sweet goodness. Are you a para employee? Yes, I am. Oh, boom. So you hit 30. You get 75% of your highest average three. Is that true? Yep, and that's what I'm. That's a little more. Well, it's either that or the uh, the you know the law of eighty, um, the rule of eighty. Where if you're if your age and the number of um, years you've worked for the state equals eighty, you can retire. So mm. some people started for the state when they were eighteen and they were able to retire with full benefits. So think think about that before yeah. they were fifty. Before they were fifty. I mean, that's a military mm-hmm. model too, right? You go serve your 20 to 30 years in uniform. You get out. You start a second career in government, and you start drawing off of two pensions. Um, you're talking to us about how flexible your job has been and how you can do it remotely. I love that. I love the idea that maybe we'll need less government office space, all this other stuff. But you also feel like you're actually doing more or tasked with doing more than you would be if you were in the office setting. When you were in the office setting, even as a contract attorney, 
Was there a lot of downtime and and sincerely where someone no. would come by and be like, so uh, how was the weekend? You know, or hey, that, that rash clear like, up or what's that? They would do that, but I'm like, I got to work. I mean, seriously. Oh, you're that employee. That comes through my, well, the volume that comes through my office. And so my boss knows he doesn't have to watch over me. I have got a lot of work to do. And I put in more than eight hours a day. I work on the weekends. I'm not trying to be a saint or anything. But I'm most of us at work have found it to be much more efficient. And, you know, if we need to get a hold of each other, we just chat each other and get our quick questions answered. We don't have to worry about walking down the hall. The only bad thing is, you know, you get late at home because you're not moving around as much. But um, but I just find that, you know, just the travel time, the dress time, the all of that stuff can be put into something else. And I might miss people, but not all of them, you know. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Let's get some names out there, Brenda. Give them up. Who are the people that you just don't want to see anymore? No, I don't think I'll do that. Yeah, that's all right. That, you can text them to us. I'll read them I mean, out loud. I find it much more efficient, and I, I, I wouldn't trade it. I, I don't want it that way. Most people don't, um, and they don't. I don't think they would actually mind working on the weekend um, because they already do. I, I mean, it's so, hilarious how many people. I will email and I will actually get an email back. I know. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.